0: Do you ever hear this nagging, self-critical, almost mean girl voice in your head? Criticizing every single one of your moves? Yes, that voice. This self-judgmental voice is so familiar to many women. And big part of it comes from the fact that women are socialized to believe that our worth comes from how we make other people feel or what we do for other people. Which then sends us on this endless chase of trying to find our wholeness out there somewhere. Trying to find that validation when actually the only true validation you really need comes from within. And that's exactly what I'm talking about today on this episode with my guest, Abby Hegney, who is a birth certified health and mindset coach, and she helps women to quiet their inner mean girl and feel healthier and more confident while living the life they love. Every woman needs to hear this message, so get comfortable and let's get into it. You're listening to Feel Better, Be Better podcast, podcast that helps women like you understand your female body better, balance your hormones, and develop a healthy mindset. I'm your host, Dinara. I'm a certified women's health coach and a TEDx speaker. Let's dive in. Welcome to Feel Better, Be Better. I am your host, Dinara, and I'm on a mission to help you support your health and reconnect with your body so you can thrive, as you go through life hello everyone welcome to feel better be better i am so excited because today is one of those episodes where i'm bringing on a guest and i have abby Higney. and i would like for her to go ahead and introduce herself hello abby it's exciting
1: to have you on hello thanks for having me i'm excited to be here
0: Awesome. Well, what I really like to do at first is just for the audience and just for us to kind of understand a little bit your story. How did you end up in wellness space? And there's usually what I I typically notice with people that are healers and people that are interested in wellness. We usually get there because of our own experiences and the things that we have been learning. So will you tell us a little bit about how did you get here? What do you
1: do? Who is Abby? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So to start off, I am a health and mindset coach. And I think exactly what you said is my truth. And I didn't realize for the longest time that I had a story. I just was me and was doing the things that I was doing. And I didn't realize how unhealthy I had really been most of my life until I realized how unhealthy I had been most of my life. Um, so For me, it really went back to being about 12 years old. I was in gymnastics and I had a coach make a comment one day about being careful not to gain weight. Gymnasts were meant to be small and I will always say every time I tell this story, I will always say that I don't believe he meant any harm by that. I don't even know if he realized what he was saying. And if there were a hundred girls in that class, there wasn't, but if there were, you know, 95 of them may not have heard it, may not have paid any attention to it. And then there's five of us that really heard that comment and that took that comment with them. And that was me. And so from that moment on food became good or bad, there was no in between. it always had a label on it. I watched everything that I ate, I would, find the magazines that had all of the meal plans in there to lose weight and, and shrink your tummy and do all of the things. And, you know, this is dating me a little bit because we didn't have social media back then with all magazines. And I would rip them out and I'd have binders of all these meal plans. And I'd have binders of all the workouts that I could do for, you know, the flat tummy and the thin thighs. And it was just this cycle of, not ever being good enough the way that I was Mm -hmm. always using, um, food as something that I had to control, but also didn't feel like I had any control over movement was punishment for me. And I constantly criticized myself every time I looked in the mirror, like it was picking apart what I was and what I wasn't and what I should be. And I'd look at other people and think I should be more like them. And it was just this negative cycle that I was in. And I was in it for 20 years and I didn't know that it wasn't normal. I thought that this is just what girls and women did. I thought we watched what we ate. I thought we restricted foods. I thought we said no to the birthday cakes at the party Um, that we, you know, went out and we ran to burn off calories and we just looked in the mirror and beat ourselves up. And it wasn't until I actually became pregnant with my oldest, who is now almost nine, that I realized I had to do something that I had spent my entire life avoiding and that was gaining weight. And I knew that I had to do it. I wanted to do it. I wanted to have a healthy pregnancy. I wanted a healthy baby. I wanted to be healthy. And at the same time, I didn't know how to do that. I had spent so much of my life avoiding that. And it was then that I realized how unhealthy I had been. And it was then that I started to really become aware of the story that I was telling myself with this inner mean girl, as I like to call her, had been, you know, standing at the top of the pyramid as like the loudest voice in my head for so long. And I started to think about this child that I was going to have. And thinking about would I want my child to hear me saying these things? Would I want my child to pick up on these habits that I have? Because even if I never said a word to them, they pick up on it. They're so impressionable. And would I want my child, and I didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl at the time, um, would I want my child to be saying these things to themselves? And it really hit me. I'm like, this is not healthy. And I think, you know, I, for a while I'd be like, this is not normal. But the thing is, it's, it's more normal than it should be. It's what a lot of women and girls do. And you don't know that there's a way out until you find the way out. And for me, I didn't know, I didn't know how to get out of this. And coaching really helped me to see this. Like, I was able to have that awareness of the story, but then to break it down and be able to release that story and stop judging myself and to start writing a new story was hard work, but it was the most incredible work and the work that I'm the most proud of. I think that I've ever done.
0: Wow. That's So incredible. And there's a lot of things that you said that sort of rang the alarm bells for me, having similar experiences. And I do think that, unfortunately, there are so many women that are experiencing this. And now I was having lived um, in variety of countries and speaking to women across the globe. Unfortunately, this narrative that women supposed to look a certain way, or well, there's a certain figure that equals, and it's sort of the subliminal messages that we tend to get from society and patriarchy is that this is what success looks like. Once you're going to get to this body, you're going to be happy. And then you ride into this offline trying to do the movement for the sake of, getting to smaller bodies or restrict food for the sake of getting a smaller bodies. And actually on the end of it, what we're doing that with is just this really mean voice inside of our heads rather than um, empowering messages about you've reached happiness because you're eating 1200 calories. Like it just, doesn't like those things just don't
1: add up. It's so interesting. Yeah. yeah, And that's what we think, right? We think when I get to this number on the scale, I'll be happy. When I get to this body, I'll be happy. When I am able to eat only these foods, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. Those things never create happiness. Happiness can only come from within us. It's that story that we allow ourselves to believe, right? And if it's a constant negative story, whether you reach that weight or not, that story is still going to be there. And as long as that story is there, I'm not gonna be happy. So finding happiness now is the key. And sometimes that that can feel really hard, right? Especially if you're in that negative place. Like I could not go from hating my body for 20 years to loving my body. Yeah. What I could do was tell myself I'm not gonna hate my body anymore. Mm-hmm. And then thoughts came back in. It took conscious effort to be like, not today. I'm not going to listen to that today. I'm just going to bring it back to, I have a body. This is my body. This is what I have to do. And little by little, you can find just an ounce of happiness in that statement. You can find happiness in the fact that, hey, I'm not listening to that inner mean girl anymore. I'm going to listen to me. I'm going to listen to my future self, that future self. Who's not battling this anymore. Who's, you know, enjoying life with her kids, not obsessing about food and counting and tracking and miles she's run. You've got to look for where can you find happiness right now and start to become aware of why why does that make you happy? And it always comes back to what you believe about that thing. Yeah. I love that. And when it comes to happiness and I
0: really like how you talk about the part that it comes from within because happiness comes from the relationship with yourselves the things Mm -hmm. that you tell yourself your relationships with others just in general feeling and I think looking for external things that will make us happy and the diets the restriction of food and all those sort of things and it's when it doesn't of course it's like it creates a lot of this dilemma and I really like how you spoke about the mean girl and the self-criticism. But I'm curious, was there a moment of epiphany where you were like, oh my gosh, I can't be doing this anymore? Was there a specific moment that happened for you that really lighted it all up?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I think it, it started when I found out I was pregnant and yeah. I, I realized like this has been what I was talking or how i have been talking to myself. Mm-hmm. I think when I this is going to sound funny. I, I love had that. a moment. I remember I was 13 weeks pregnant
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: went into a maternity store and looking back, I like was barely showing, right? <laughs> like didn't have a belly at all. Like, But it was my clothes started to not fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I went into a maternity store and they were probably looking at me like, what is she doing in here right now? But all of the maternity clothes were too big. Mm. But my regular clothes were too tight. And I had this like breakdown in this maternity store because I was like, oh my goodness. Like, and it was like all of what I had been struggling with for 20 years kind of came in to that moment of like, I need to get control of this right now because I'm not fitting in these clothes and I was making that mean. A lot of negative things. And then I wasn't fitting into the maternity clothes. So then I was making it mean even more because I didn't look pregnant, but I didn't fit in my regular clothes. So in my mind, well, I must just be, you know, getting fat. And I hate to even use that word because that word is not in my vocabulary anymore. Like if my kids say that, I'm like, where did you learn that? Right. (laughs) But that was like how my mind had always worked. And it was then that I was like, okay hold on a minute. <laughs> like what is yeah. happening here? From. <laughs> yes. Yes. But again, it was just this story of like, well, if your clothes don't fit, something's got to be wrong with you and these don't fit. So you don't look pregnant. So what does that mean? And it was just slowly breaking that down to be like, this is going to happen. Like I'm growing a human being. Like my body is changing. And then even after I had the baby, it was, It was there again, right? Like your body goes through all of these changes and being able to put up that flag when that mean girl creeps in and be like, this is my body. This is my body right now. And learning to accept your body again, you don't have to love it, but can you accept and respect it right now for showing up for you every day? I think we forget about how much our body works for us every day to keep us healthy, to keep us, you know, fighting off illnesses and showing up and giving us energy. And we just criticize it so much. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, this is going on a little tangent, I'm sorry, but I was thinking like, I always think about it from me to my kids. Right. And like how I want them to have a great relationship with their body and with food yeah. And then I thought about it from the reverse. And I thought about my mom and how she grew me. <laughs> she housed me. She birthed me. She raised me. And by criticizing my body that she had created felt like just so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. to my mom. Being like, you gave me life. You created this body that only you could create and here i am hating it and yeah. it just gave me such a different perspective on it of like wow <laughs> like talk about only wanting to give your mother unconditional love and yet i was bashing for years and years and years yeah. the one she created
0: that i completely can i definitely can relate to that because It's just sometimes you kind of need a bit of that outside perspective. And I really like that reflection on your mom. And of course, now being a mom, you understand exactly what that means. And when you talk to your kids, you're like, you are the most wonderful thing in the world, which is, I think, is kind of a nice segue into talking a little bit about the outside messages and how does the things that surround us, the Advertising, as you said, you cut out magazines. And of course, we are talking a little bit more about fat phobia and a little bit more of uh, bringing really awareness to the diet culture and just how damaging it is to our both mental and physical health, really. But what are you seeing from like from the outside? And is there? do you have any tips as far as recognizing the things? And even though media is no longer maybe in magazines, but now we have Instagram and now we've got TikTok and it's obviously putting a lot of weight on young
1: people, actually on women at any age, what have you been observations? Yeah, I mean, I think and I really feel especially for teenagers these days, because Mm -hmm. I think back to how I was with those magazines that I had to, you know, take my money like that I had earned babysitting or something like that and buy those magazines, right? My mom wasn't buying those for me. My dad wasn't buying. I had to go out and buy those. And now all of this stuff is just so readily available. And for teenagers, especially like they're in this impressionable stage where they've got so much going on with their bodies in general, their bodies are changing and they're trying to just keep up with life. And I think the most important thing that we can do as women and for our children is to really teach them awareness and to Mm. teach them that they are in control of what they're surrounding themselves with. They're in control of how they are thinking about themselves and how they are feeling. Those things will always belong to us as individuals. Nobody else can control the thoughts that we have or the feelings that, that we feel or the things that we do, those, those are ours. And to be able to create awareness around that, I think can be so powerful. And when you can recognize like, Hey, these are the things that bring me down and be able to like pull yourself away from them. Mm -hmm. And if there are accounts that you love to follow, but you find yourself like comparing yourself, you find yourself going out and judging yourself or you find yourself, you know, I think influencers are a big thing these days and that can lead to, well, I'll be happy when Mm -hmm. I buy this new outfit, you know, when I constantly am putting new things in my closet, but that's not the things that will make you happy. I mean, if you've ever bought a new shirt, right, you're, you wear yeah. a shirt for a couple of weeks, right? It maybe makes right. you really happy. And then it just becomes an old article of clothing in your closet. And you probably end up looking at it and it's like, oh, I really don't like that shirt anymore. Totally. <laughs> like That doesn't bring you happiness, but I think really allowing yourself to be honest and to be aware with what are you thinking when you look at these different accounts? Are they causing you, to compare yourself? Are they causing you to judge yourself or others or think that you're not good enough or that something outside of you is going to bring you happiness? And I think just the same with that inner mean girl, just quieting that noise a little bit, turning off those accounts that don't actually make you feel good or closing the app. If that's not something that really lifts you up, right? We spend a lot of time scrolling on social media. And a lot of the times it's to avoid feeling certain ways and to avoid doing certain things. And so being honest with yourself, of like what are you avoiding here can be really powerful too. I love that. And we sort of mentioned it a few times in regards to the mean girl
0: voice, but for a woman who is maybe only just now realizing that actually I do want to... I, I want to be happy in my body and I'm realizing that I've been caught up in a lot of this diet messaging and I do tend to criticize myself a lot. And this is all that tends to run through my head and I go to work out and I push myself and then I feel guilty for going. But if I don't go, I feel guilty for going. So you sort of, you always caught um, caught in between. So for somebody who is just at the beginning of their journeys, what would you recommend they can start doing in order to start quieting that voice?
1: Yeah. So this is something I recommend to all of my clients when Mm -hmm. they start with this voice. This is what really helped me. And the way that I always picture my story and that inner mean girl is like those old time movie projectors that like, just like you can hear it clicking and it's projecting on the screen. Like I could hear it clicking and I could see the movie, but it was like one of those silent movies, right? Like I wasn't really aware Of what it was saying. So I think the most powerful thing that you can do is to get it out of your head and onto paper Mm -hmm. it will be extremely uncomfortable because you're going to be writing things down that you can't believe you're actually telling yourself that's actually happening. And I want to recommend that you write it down without any thoughts about it no judgment about it, no censoring of it, just Mm -hmm. anything that comes to your mind, look in the mirror, sit yourself in front of the mirror, stand in front of the mirror and just write down everything that comes up for you and then read it back. And anything that doesn't feel good, anything that you would be embarrassed to say out loud to somebody else, anything that you wouldn't imagine saying to your child or to your best friend or to your mom about yourself, Cross it out and notice like what feeling comes up for you with each of those thoughts. All of these thoughts, pick a one word feeling and just notice when you think these things about you. For me, it was always my, my legs were always an issue for me. They were too short. They were too bulky. They were all of the things, yeah. right? Like, And that just made me feel crappy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, It just made me feel crappy because I didn't like it. Right. And so anything that makes you feel any sort of remotely negative emotion, you've got to like physically cross it out of your mind. And what that does, it creates a flag in your mind. Mm -hmm. You physically cross it out on paper. The next time you have that thought, it's like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to have this thought anymore. Mm -hmm. And then what you can do is start rewriting your story and it's not jumping from these negative thoughts to oh, really happy, positive thoughts. I love my body and this is great. It's what can you believe about your body right now? What feels true for you? That isn't self-hatred. That isn't one of these negative thoughts that makes you feel crappy and brings you down. What can you believe about your body and tell yourself that at least brings you to a neutral place? Mm -hmm. every time those negative thoughts pop up, let that flag go up. And that's like your hand telling that inner mean girl, I'm not listening to that today. I'm not going to hate on myself today and take yourself to one of those other thoughts. And the more you practice that, the easier it will become. But it will be very uncomfortable at first because you've told yourself this for however many years, you know, for me, it was 20 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe, less, maybe longer, but it doesn't really matter. It's still going to feel uncomfortable. You have to be willing to feel uncomfortable to know that you're feeling uncomfortable anyway. Right? Yeah, exactly. on yourself It's the most yeah. uncomfortable feeling you can have. So just be willing to feel uncomfortable to not think that anymore. Yeah. And I can imagine how
0: it would bring up a lot of emotions just because if you are saying a lot of those things and if those do come up, then I would imagine you encourage women to just be comfortable with it. And in fact, let it out and accept it.
1: Yes. And spend as much time as you need in those emotions. Mm-hmm. Some of us, we can feel it and we can acknowledge it. We can cry about it. We can and go for a walk, whatever, and then release it. But sometimes we have these thoughts that just feel like we can't kick them and just allowing yourself To feel that emotion and to allow yourself to process it and notice, like, okay, I'm feeling this way. Like, why do I feel this way? Well, it feels really true. It feels like I'll never be able to do it. Is that true? Just allow yourself to get really curious about Mm -hmm. it. And I think that's where a coach is really helpful, right? To have you dig into this and hold that safe space for you, but you can hold it for yourself too. And if Mm -hmm. you don't push down that emotion, if you don't feel like you need to, Cover it up, which is what a lot of us do, whether it's with food or shopping or scrolling, you can just allow it to be there. The next time it comes up, because it will come back up. Mm-hmm. Right? Like human beings, we have human experiences. Those thoughts come back, those feelings come back. But what happens is you get better at managing them. Mm-hmm. And that, that negative spiral that you were in, or that place where you just feel like you'll never be able to get yourself out of, you know, you've gotten yourself out of it before. And that time that you're in it starts to shrink and Mm -hmm. it's not about not feeling it. It's about getting through it quicker and more effectively. Yeah.
0: I love that. And you've kind of given us some in between thoughts to practice things like I have a body that's something a bit more neutral. Can you maybe give a couple other examples? What else can people, what other thoughts would be believable in something that maybe helped you or your clients?
1: Yeah. Um, So one of my clients, actually, she's going through this right now. Um, She, her thought is my body allows me to be extremely mobile. Mm. And she thinks about that as she goes for walks every day. She's been taking pole dancing classes. She's able to get to work. She goes for bike rides. So she, her body is allowing herself to do all of these things. And I think that is an incredible place to start is where, What do you love doing? Mm -hmm. And how does your body allow you to do that thing? And it could be anything. It could be, you know, my body allows me to take my dog for a walk every day. My body allows me to pick my kids up from the bus stop. My body allows, Mm -hmm. what does your body allow you to do that you love doing? Going out with friends, like whatever it is, just bring yourself to that point. Because if your body wasn't capable, wasn't able to do those things, you would probably Differently about hating on yourself. (laughs) Totally, yeah. So it's just the little joys in your life. What What are the little joys in your life, and how does your body play a role in that joy?
0: I love that, and also whenever. You Like I think about moments in the moments like this when you're sick and like if you have a flu, let's say, and you just can't move and you're like, I would give anything just for this, just to be normal and just to be walking. And actually, even though kind of brings those memories of you being sick, but I think sometimes it really draws the perspective how much our healthy bodies, how resilient, miraculous strong they are and how actually amazing it is when we are healthy and how nice would it be not to bash them in the moments of the health and when we are feeling happy
1: and have deeds yeah so that's so timely because last week the whole family was sick last week yeah you know I of course put it on myself as moms Mm -hmm. often do to like take care of everybody which meant I wasn't taking care of myself the way that I should and I know sometimes it's easier to help others to do that than it is to do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I just remember like I watched as like my husband took days for himself and he got better. And then my daughter stayed home from school and rested and she got better. And then my son stayed home from school and rested and he got better. And here I am like turning out and just still like, feeling really crappy throughout the week and being like, I just want to feel better. But I also wasn't allowing myself to do that. And I think when we talk negatively about ourselves, it's the same thing. We're not allowing ourselves to heal from that inner mean girl, from that dark place that we're in. And I know one of my clients was, you know, she's not happy with her body right Mm -hmm. now. She needs to lose weight and she was saying, she's like, I feel like if I accept my body right now, the way that it is, that it's just going, I'm going to keep gaining weight, that it's going Mm -hmm. to get worse because I'm just like, well, here I am. I accept it. This is the way I am. And I challenged her on that. I, you know, I was asking her when was the last time she accepted her body? And she went back 30 pounds and said, she still hadn't accepted her body. Mm -hmm. And so I said to her, I'm like, what I see is that you're not respecting your body right now. You're not treating it as if you care for it, as if you appreciate it, and that has caused you to gain this weight, to be in a place where mm-hmm. you're not happy. Where you start respecting it and treating it with love and appreciation, you're gonna change everything. You're going to change the way that you eat. You're going to change the way that you move, the way that you sleep, the way that you talk to yourself, the clothes that you wear, you know, shoving yourself into clothes that don't fit you. Yes. And then feeling bad because the clothes don't fit you is not an act of self-love. Mm-hmm. So when you start taking these little steps to love your body. You're going to treat your body with love. And that's actually going to be the thing that gets you to where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that self-love, that did
0: she love it before? Because I want to offer that it doesn't matter what weight you're at, because you can you can hate yourself at um, 50 kilos, or 120 pounds, whichever metric you're using, you can hate yourself at 400, or you can do the opposite. It's a complete choice that we choose to do, isn't it? And it's like, just really understanding the fact that it is in your control to choose the thoughts that you want to think about. You can be very mind blowing for so many people.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love
0: that. And I think drawing the parallel, I think some people, it might be easier to understand through money. And you can have a lot of, you can have million dollars and be miserable and want more, or you can have, I don't know, $20,000 and be like, wow, look at me, I have all this money. So it really, it can sort of like the parallel draws whatever analogies you have to find for yourself to really ground this in because I do think that it's so important to really get through you and understand that you can it doesn't the weight really doesn't have anything to do with how you feel about yourself and the mean girl conversations is just the thing that we find to like hold on to and it's such an easy thing to dislike is our is our body so it's 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 fascinating
1: to me yeah and I think the the money analogy and the number. That you mm-hmm. see on the scale, yeah, it's such a great representation of it not equaling happiness because yeah. listen, if somebody could have twenty thousand dollars and think, Oh my gosh, I have so much money, and mm-hmm. somebody else twenty thousand dollars and be like, Oh my gosh, I have no money, I don't know how we're going to survive. And the same thing with weight, yeah, Your number on the scale could be exactly the same as somebody else's. And you're beating yourself up, and they are so proud of that number. And Mm -hmm. the only difference is the way that we think about it. 100%. I
0: I absolutely love that. And you did mention, as you were talking about um, your kids being sick and your husband being sick, that you sort of didn't quite prioritize your self-care. And I want to talk about the importance of Mm self-care when it comes in all of this, and how does that play out when it comes to really giving ourselves grace?
1: yeah so, so I I have a unique approach on self-care in that I do believe it's you know taking care of, getting the proper amount of rest and that sort of yeah. I think people often think of self-care of like I need time to go get my nails done and I need a massage or that's mm-hmm. what we see as self-care. And what I really challenge my clients to do is think of like what is your everyday self-care? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you do? that just make you feel lighter. Like for me, a clean kitchen is my self-care. If my Uh kitchen is not clean, if it's cluttered, if the countertops are a mess, I feel disorganized. I feel like my mind is in the kitchen all day thinking about how messy it is. So a clean kitchen is self-care to me. Making my bed, it's the same thing. It's like little things that just make me feel better Mm-hmm. when they're done. And I think that changes your perspective on it. Because a lot of the times, I think, especially as moms, when you think of all of these things that we have to do, the reality is we don't have to do a lot of these things, right? We tell ourselves that we, there are things we have to do, right? I'm not saying that, but there's a lot of things that we don't have to do, but we choose to do them because they make us feel good even taking my kids. I mean, they are both in sports. We've got a crazy spring schedule right now. Yeah. And I don't allow myself to say that we're so busy and mm. since think about it as like, our lives are so fulfilled because the reality is, is that my kids love doing these sports. It makes mm-hmm. them happy. It brings them new friendships. It gets them out and they're active. And I love seeing them out there. I love watching them develop and progress. And yeah. that makes me happy. So for me, that's not, I'm so busy. That's look at all of these things that we bring into our lives and look at like what it's giving to us a whole new group of friends and new opportunities to do things. And I think just that slight shift of like, how am I taking care of myself in my every day? Right. And then there's other things that play into that. I get up early and I work out because I know that my day is much better when I work out, right. I can manage my stress better. I'm more organized. I have more time to be with the kids. So what are those things that make you feel good that you can do every day and not think of it as stressful or another thing on your to-do list?
0: Yeah, I love that. It's sort of like a radical self-care because self-care is this, it's a brand in itself nowadays with massages and with pedicures and with manicures. And actually it doesn't really doesn't really support the deeper goal. And as you said, if the things that are self-caring that actually make you think better thoughts about yourself, your life, and just add more of that joy into your life, then then that's sort of the the measure that we should start using as a as a measure for self-care, whether we're actually taking care of ourselves.
1: Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I mean the massages and the nails and all yeah, of those great. things to, those are all great. Yeah. That's the only thing that you think of as self-care. Many of us don't have time to do that a lot. Right? Yeah. Or maybe you don't have the money to do that a lot. So there's mm-hmm. other things that you can do. Going out for a walk can be such a powerful form of self-care. And like really connecting with nature and your surroundings and your mind. Like there's so many other ways that we can do it but you're right it's a like, it is right. a whole brand right now and it can be whatever you want it to be definitely so one of the things that's interesting
0: as we talk about body image and i'm wondering if you observed it is this connection between body image and mental health mm-hmm. and how does um what are the potential consequences i guess of the negative body image that it can have on mental health and especially if you have sort of pre-existing things that are already related things like eating disorders and the rest of it. How do you navigate that in your work? Because of course, thought work is amazing, but what if there is slightly, what is, is it different or is it sort of the same approach?
1: I think it definitely. well, I think that it can, body image can certainly, especially if there is yeah. already an underlying concern, right? Mm-hmm. And like, as a coach, I would always somebody who is really struggling with depression and that's like, I would send them to therapy, right? Like that is out of my range, but I think for body image, it really can lead to more serious mental health concerns, right? Because it's just this constant battle of not being good enough and always trying to chase something else. And so I think really being able to identify, you know, what, what's really happening here. And Mm -hmm. for me, when clients come to me, I mean, it's always part of like our initial talk is, um, you know, to understand where they are. Am I the right person to help them? Mm -hmm. Do they need somebody else, but also to keep monitoring that. And if they're not progressing, like as a coach, I'm always going to be facing you forward. We're like mm-hmm. always going to be looking towards your goals. Whereas therapy also often digs into like the root cause and like what's happening and why that happened and how that makes you feel. And there's place for both of that. And both are important, but as a coach, I'm always going to be pointing you in mm-hmm. the forward direction to the future self that you want to be. And if I don't see that progression, if we keep going back, then that leads, that makes me believe that we need to get you into, to therapy. But I think for somebody thinking about this, it's, can they even make the slightest progress in Mm -hmm. their everyday? If they're going on this journey by themselves, can you point yourself in the direction of your goal and even just make one incremental step every day towards that? And if you constantly find that you're making one step forward and five steps back, and you're just feeling like you're stuck, maybe more there. So that would be what I yes. guess would be the the easiest way that I could help somebody to kind of identify, like, are you forward-facing or yeah. are you facing yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And one of the
0: things that I, I guess the message that I want to pass on to women, and you mentioned it at the beginning, is that your body changes as a woman, as you go through pregnancy it changes, as you go through menopause it changes. And because my realm is a lot with hormones. So we do talk a lot about how hormonally we just as women we simply need to have more body fat than men because our god-given purpose on this earth is to reproduce and when we get to a place when it's too low of a body fat and where we get to a place when we too skinny we begin to see things like lost periods or pretty serious mood disorders and many other symptoms of hormone imbalance so i think it's just understanding that a female body is really not meant to be the same and thinking like oh 20 years ago it wasn't like that it's just not quite realistic because you're not really you are not 20 years ago this is this is where you are now what experience do you have with women as they go through these changes do you find that women struggle
1: to kind of let go of identities and welcome the new season of life perhaps yeah I think for many women mm-hmm. it's, uh, well this isn't you know we do always talk about like when did you feel like the most confident when did you yeah. feel the happiest And that is not to say like, that's where you need to get back. That is really to help them identify like what was going on in their lives? What habits did they have? How were Mm -hmm. they thinking about themselves? And I think so often we can get stuck on, well, this is the way I looked and this was my weight and that made me happy, but that's, that's not it. And I think you made a comment about like meeting your body where it is. Mm -hmm. and where you are now, how can you, again, we've talked about that appreciation and that respect. How can you meet your body where it is right now? Even if you want change, right? Even if you want to lose weight or you want to be more active or feel stronger, whatever it may be, how can you meet your body exactly where it is right now, knowing Mm -hmm. that you can take steps to make change, but that change may not lead exactly to where you think you were happiest, right? Mm-hmm. Taking the actions will create happiness, will create a sense of pride.
0: Yeah, I love to meet your body where you are and just kind of like understanding that this is where we this is where we are, this is what we have to work with and where can we go from here and what, what can we think, feel and act from there on.
1: Yeah, and you can love your body and still want to change it.
0: Yeah. And I don't think it's exclusive. I don't think there is anything wrong with wanting to lose weight. I do think that often weight loss is a consequence of our healthy, balanced body. But at the same time, you can still have those desires. I feel like because of so many different messages now, we're kind of swinging the pendulum all the way the opposite side. And we're like, well, I shouldn't talk about weight loss, this word. But actually, like if you want to do it, it's the importance of it from what I'm understanding is where it comes from, the place Is it comes from a sufficiency or is it comes from lack? Because if it comes from lack, it doesn't matter how much you're going to lose. It's still going to feel like lack, really.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love that you you said that, like, oh, we shouldn't talk about weight loss. Because I feel like for a little while as a coach, I really did avoid using the word weight loss and talking Mm -hmm. about it. And then I... Found as I was like really curious about why I was doing that. And part of it was because that had always been a a struggle for me, right? Like thinking I needed to lose weight again to be happy and to feel confident. But I felt that I was doing a disservice by Mm -hmm. not talking about it because as women, many of us do have a weight loss goal or want to to lose weight. Mm -hmm. By not talking about it, I'm not helping women. To understand why they want to lose the weight. Mm -hmm. If we're not talking about weight loss in terms of your overall holistic health and mindset, you're always going to be chasing that number on the scale. But if I can talk to women who want to lose weight and really understand why they want to lose it, what's going to be different about their, their lives when they lose the weight, how are they going to feel about themselves? How will they be talking to themselves when they lose the weight. Then we've got a whole array of things that yeah. really she wants to work on that mm-hmm. really is the results that she wants. And that number on the scale or the weight loss may be a byproduct of yeah. the confidence that she wants to build, the energy she wants to have, you know, the time she spends with her kids and the better relationship she has with her partner. But she's now taken the emphasis away from the scale onto her whole life. And yet she wouldn't have done that if we didn't get curious about that.
0: Definitely. And I do think that I love the fact that you are mentioning that it's doing a disservice to talking about it. And because you know also where it comes from when you talk to women about it. And like, that's, that's the important part. I think I've also hesitated for a little while wasn't wasn't too long just because it's such a it's such a forefront thing on people's minds and sometimes you do have to tell talk about weight loss just to have the conversations that are a little bit deeper if that is the only thing that goes in their mind otherwise you lose opportunity to ever help someone to actually get a little bit to understand themselves a little bit better yeah i love that um, love, I'm curious, what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with their body image, maybe struggling with their self-confidence, maybe their mean girl is a little bit too loud at the moment? What would you suggest that where do they begin?
1: Yeah. um, you know, I keep saying it, but that awareness, I think, yeah, is number one, we have to begin with what are we really telling ourselves? How do we really feel about ourselves? And from there, it's really releasing that judgment and looking for what is one thing that makes you feel confident? What is one thing that you're proud of, even if it's your makeup or your hair, or I don't know, whatever it may be, you know, you can find one thing and bring, allow yourself to come back to that as many times as you want, as you need to, but find a shred of confidence in that negative self-talk, because when we look for the evidence that it's possible, we find more evidence that it's possible. Mm-hmm. We are just so used to looking for all of the evidence as to the things that we don't like and why we're not going to be able to change and all of the negative things. We have to shift to the positive and also to offer that. I know it can feel really dark. I know it can feel like. This is just like you mentioned, like when you're sick, you're like, I'm never going to feel better. Like this is just the way I'm always going to feel, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Just feel like this is life. And I just want to offer that it doesn't have to be, that there is a light that's available that you can guide yourself to and get yourself out of this. And believe me, I was in a very dark place for a very long time. And that is like, to look back on that, it just feels like, a different lifetime so believe me you want to say it, it really is possible but you have to look and be willing to create that evidence
0: i love that so so much has to be said not enough being said about the awareness simply just knowing where to look and what to look for so then you can shine the light on it yeah, yeah I really like that i mean i loved our chat for people that want to learn about more about your work and maybe work with you how can they find you mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. My, um, website is wellness with Abby. Abby is with an E, um, wellness with Abby h.com. Um, if this resonated, if this feels like something that you want to explore, I do always offer a free consultation to really look at where you are, where you want to be. And if I would be the right coach for you. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at wellness with Abby H. I share lots of mindset shifts and content on there to just have for free and, take with you each and every day. amazing yes and I've um, I like to spend time on people's Instagram
0: pages especially in the similar fields before we chatting so I there was a lot of useful information and we'll definitely plug all of the links in the show notes so people can find you connect with you and ask you questions and continue this conversation should they want to.
1: awesome amazing. thank you so much. Bye.
0: Yes, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show, for sharing your wisdom and keep talking about this message just because I think there's so many women that are struggling with what you're talking about. And this would be very helpful for those that hear us. I hope you love this chat as much as me. If this episode is resonating, I would love it if you took a moment and reviewed and rated this podcast and also share it with those who would benefit from hearing this. I want to thank you for tuning in and until next time!